Okay, you guys heard that, right? Yeah, sounds like it was coming from right behind you. Not funny. Guys, get it together. We're trying to do a podcast here. Hey, Booze. Welcome back to another episode of the Boo Busters podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the legend of the skunk ape, a.k.a. Brooke. <gasps> that was mean. I really thought she was going to say me. I thought she was too. That was targeted. <laughs> yeah, it was. Sorry. I am offended. You just looked a little too happy over there. <laughs> Emily's a miserable girl. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I think we can all already tell how Emmy Boo is doing this week. This week is just annoying. This whole life is just annoying. Um, seasonal depression is kicking in real hard. I don't I just know need... if it's seasonal or normal. <laughs> oh, uh, this honey, one, this one's seasonal. This one's seasonal for me. I just need some uh, nice Sunlight. weather and a getaway with my besties. To oh, be yeah. honest, yeah, my sister or our sister, I guess, went on a cruise and she posted pictures today, and it was really sunny looking. And yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen the sun in three damn days. <laughs> But it more like three damn months. It's supposed to get down to fucking 12 degrees sometime this week. Well, which honestly, disgusting. Literally. Climate change, who? How are you this week, Bobby Boo? I'm good. I'm finally starting to feel better. Yeah. <clears throat> I that think I have a little no sinus joke. infection. Oh. That was fucking rough, <laughs> bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't oh, wish that upon man. anybody. Take me out if I ever get that. Just <laughs> I didn't know adults up. could get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hon. Uh, I have never I had it, strep. I thought it was just like a elementary school kid thing. <laughs> yeah. They're all gross and spread all Boy, was germs. I surprised. You know, to be quite honest with you, when I was a kid, I wanted to get that. Thing. weird <laughs> um so i low-key really wanted the chicken pox and then i got it twice and i hated every yeah second. i thought big chicken pox you, you never had chicken pox did you you know the vaccine yeah mm-hmm. i had chicken pox like one time amanda had it twice i think i had it once yeah i got the vaccine so i didn't get it yeah did you all get the gardasil vaccine Ooh. yeah that should hurt that should hurt it that should hurt it <laughs> no it, it was a little girl thing, thing. yeah Oh. It's so you don't get cervical oh, cancer. All I remember from that day is, did we both get it on the same yeah, day? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You had to get three different <laughs> yeah. shots, but they were scheduled like three weeks apart yeah. each shot. Oh my So Emily and I got it on the same day, and all I remember is she just started screaming, and I was laughing, and I got yelled at because I laughed. I didn't go to school that day because the shot hurt so bad, and I finessed my way into not going into school. So how do you guys, how did you guys do with shots when you were younger? Like, was I it like horrible? I fucking hated it. <laughs> I did okay with them unless like if I had to get pricked in the finger, then I was like, no, this is not fun. <laughs> but just normal shots I was okay with. Yeah. Except for the one time I got my allergy shots and I passed out in the office. <laughs> Didn't you have a reaction? Yeah. <laughs> and you just sat there letting it happen and then you just no. went down? Well, because when you get allergy shots, you're supposed to sit there for like 15 minutes after to make sure that you don't have a reaction. So mom and I were sitting there because she got allergy shots too. I used to fucking hate yeah. that you guys had to do that. You used to fucking punch me in my allergy shot. <laughs> you you deserved it. 
<laughs> Damn. But anyways. You deserved it. <laughs> you'd have to sit there for like 15 minutes after. And I remember we were just getting up to leave. And I looked at mom and I was like, I don't fucking feel good. And I like, I went down. <laughs> oh, shit. And so then I had to sit in the office for like an hour after. Yeah, I fucking hated you that day. You probably got <laughs> walloped in the arm when we got <laughs> Like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Emily had aggressive, aggressive, aggressive tendencies. As a child. I hit everyone. Just kidding. I only hit Brooke. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Brooke and I watched the Leatherface movie this past weekend. Oh, yeah, we did. It was and really good. This movie came out in like 2017. So I don't know how we haven't seen this before. I've never even heard of it before. This. It was a good one. But it was bloody as fuck. And I, I mean, liked it. Leatherface movies or Texas Chainsaw movies typically are. But who we? Oh, oh we have yeah. Thousand Pound Sisters to watch. Oh, <laughs> that just made her happy. <laughs> well, if we could uh, today. I started Thousand Pound Friends. I, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. It's just started. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's this is the first season of it. Oh, um, man. So the first time I watched Thousand Pound Sisters was with you guys. Yeah, was house. it really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember how invested Emily was. She fucking she told, me to stop, she told me to stop fucking talking and watch the TV <laughs> that day. I love Thousand Pound Sisters. I don't know what it is about reality TV, but certain reality TV shows suck me the fuck in and I'm game. Like, here comes Honey Boo Boo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You, that was your shit. That <laughs> is that. my guilty pleasure. If they don't renew this season, I'm going to be a little upset. Um, but Thousand Pound Sisters can hold me off. Thousand Pound Friends is all right. I mean, they're funny, but they're also fucking morbidly obese. And yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Whereas like Tammy and Amy, I'm just like, you fat fucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel no pity for Tammy. Amy, I'm like, okay, I, I like Amy. Yeah. But like the friends, like I can't connect to any of them. The one that is like the biggest, I'm like, you fucking act just Has like there, Tammy. Is there two of them? There's there four. four. Oh, there's four of them. But the one, yeah, so, but they're each like 400 pounds. So they're over a thousand. But Bobby, so they, they like, like talk about having sex stuff. Like they were like, <laughs> yeah, talking tell, about... me, tell me what you told me earlier. So, you know, Dr. Proctor from Thousand Pound Sisters, he's the weight loss mm-hmm. surgeon. He's good looking. And one of the girls was like, yeah, I want to record Dr. Proctor's voice so I can have it when I open my fridge to tell me to not eat anything. And the other girl went, no, you want to use it to masturbate too in the morning. <laughs> and then the other girl had pictures of him whenever she opened her fridge. She had a magnet, so she saw his face. Um, and the other one, the same girl went, yeah, to put on your dildo. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. I was like, oh, yeah, me. But like, you are on TV. <laughs> Why are you so vulgar? Scandalized. <laughs> You ready for this part? This part made me think of you because I knew you'd be so embarrassed. You'd probably jump off and kill yourself. Wait, <laughs> me? Yeah, you, Bobby too. Have so they, ever done this? No. Oh. they went to a water, a pool, and Uh-oh, they wanted to go. Done. They they wanted to go down the slide, and but oh, she man. climbed all the way to the top of the slide, so like two flights of stairs, not even a lot of stairs, but like two mm-hmm. normal flights of stairs, and <laughs> like all four of the friends climbed up and. The guy at the top, this was a dick move on his part. You could clearly see them coming up. He yeah. goes, ma'am, there's a weight limit on the slide. 
350 pounds. I fucking kill myself. (laughs) She's like sobbing at this point. She's like walking, trying to like slide back down the stairs because she was like so overweight that like it hurts her to go up and down the stairs. And like she had to walk all the way across the pool deck back to the seats where they were as people were like staring Staring at her. And they probably heard. Yeah. And she's probably wondering why. And she sat down. She goes, this is the most fucking embarrassing thing in the world. Yeah. I can't watch that. I'll fucking cry. And I was like, yeah, that is sad. But she also It's too close to home. Yeah. It does. (laughs) She has like um, two sons and Mm -hmm. the one son's like 500 pounds and he's 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So now she's like, I need to get healthy for him. So he sees to get healthy. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been watching at work. Pretty wild. But like these girls think that's different. Sorry, that just hit me. You're watching it at work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The thing with these girls that's different than Thousand Pound Sisters is like they actually walk and like move around. Two of them have already had the bypass well, the, surgery they're only like 400 pounds tammy and amy were both over like well the one is almost 500 but yeah like they walk around still and um two of them have had the bypass surgery but one put all the weight back on mm-hmm. and like they try like they've been going to workout yeah. classes and stuff so it's like kind of nicer to watch but like i'm only like four episodes in and nobody's lost any weight yeah no. uh-oh all right kids should we get into our pre-topic no shit, we didn't yet. No. This <laughs> I have my answer to this one. I think we might have the same one. Um, I don't Gigi's know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't answer this because I've never played a prank on anyone, but I've been pranked. Okay, so the topic so the t- by you fuckers. Yeah. Brooke and I have the same exact spooky prank. I'll let her tell it, but it well, was, I was pulled. I'll let you tell it because you oh, tell okay. it better. But it was pulled on, on Bobby. Bobby. So the topic, if you haven't caught on yet, is what is the best spooky prank you've ever played on someone? Okay. Fun fact, though, we used to play pranks on Bobby all the fucking time. Every single time we would hang out with Bobby. Which was like every fucking weekend. Yeah. And if you don't know, Bobby is literally scared of everything. Sorry, Bobby. It's Um, true. So like, it's like so easy to pull pranks on him. But the best one that we've ever (laughs) pulled on him, we were living in our... um, grandma's house in like we moved back home or whatever we were living in our grandma's house and she had like a 1940s style like cape cod but not really a cape cod like where it's mainly one floor but like you go upstairs they have slanted ceilings like it's like an attic space but they renovated it into bedrooms so that's important but like there was always a um curtain at the top of the mm-hmm. stairs so nobody could see what was up there because she kept it private but then she died and we moved in and we because when the, and, when he went up the stairs the one bedroom was literally right there like, yeah there was and no like hallway. brooke just um just slept up there sometimes well i didn't really because it scared me <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so bobby came over one night to watch a movie and it was me brooke um my mom uncle chris and his boyfriend at the time dustin and our dad was at work here in Connecticut, so he wasn't there, which is relevant because Bobby thought that this prank was being pulled by him. Like, he was, like, so scared that my dad was going to come out and scare him, but he actually wasn't even in the state. So, like, they FaceTimed him to be like, he's not even here. But anyway, so they were all downstairs. For some, Bobby had never met Dustin, so he didn't even know Dustin existed upstairs. 
And they all told Bobby, I was, I don't even know where you guys told him. We, were, we told him that you were like at someone's house or yeah, something. Like I was hanging out with Nicole or something probably. And um, he like believed it or whatever. So then they started their movie. I, I think you were watching like Insidious or The Conjuring. It was The Conjuring, I think. Yeah. yeah. For the first time. No, <laughs> it was like the second time. Second, yeah. Yeah. So Dustin was at the top of the stairs behind the curtain. And I was hiding in one of the back rooms, like in the closet. And so Dustin like started making sounds. And Bobby was like, oh, what the fuck? And like <laughs> thinking that something was happening. <laughs> and then like it just was like building up, building up, building up. And then um, Dustin threw one of our dog's tennis balls down the stairs and Bobby just about shit his fucking <laughs> pants. And somehow everybody convinced Bobby to be the one to walk up the stairs to see what was going on. And when there. he got to the Didn't top, we turn of the, all the lights yeah, off all too. the lights were off. And then <laughs> when he got to the top of the stairs, I think Dustin, I don't know if Dustin came out or if he just continued making sounds. I don't remember. But I came running out of the closet like the fucking grudge girl with the hair <laughs> yeah, in front of my face. I was growling, making all sorts of sounds. <laughs> and then I think Dustin might have probably come out at the same time. And then all hell just broke loose. Bobby fucking just about <laughs> shit his pants. And I'm pretty hey, sure shit. he flew down the stairs. I don't think he, I, I don't think he didn't touch even touch the stairs. I levitated. Steps. Yeah, I think he literally levitated down to the bottom down. floor. <laughs> That was that a- was so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds like so basic now, but like in the moment, like back in 2013, good. Bobby was literally shedding his pants. Uh, literally, like he thought the place was haunted because our grandma died in there. <laughs> and our I haven't died in there. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so good. <sighs> oh man, yeah. I liked that one. Um, I liked the one we did. I think it was here too, where dad was like outside looking in the windows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he did Down. that during when um, we had that outdoor movie time. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do it that yeah. day? I, no. Well, he I, did it that time. And then there was a time before that. He like just came down. Bobby and I were downstairs watching a movie and dad was like yeah. outside the door. He just, yeah. came, no, remember he came down and like straight up opened the door down yeah, there yeah. and just walked <laughs> in and like, we were watching a scary like, movie. Yeah. Your basement there scares me more than your grandma's house did here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I see stuff in your basement. <gasps> Stop it. Same. <laughs> Stop it. Are you coming next weekend? For this week? As this of right weekend? now, everything is clear to come. It's going to come Perfect. Friday night. That's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to work on Saturday if they ask. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> I knew I had plans. <laughs> <laughs> What are we going to do? Party, party. I don't know what we want to do. I'm kind of in port, so I don't want to spend money. It's going to be super fucking cold out anyways. Yeah, I know. Um, We can make TikToks. We can do our presents from Christmas that we never did. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're That's just right. sitting up. Yeah, the ones, downstairs. your presents are just sitting downstairs on the chair. <laughs> so, so is your guys. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have fun regardless because it's obvious. Absolutely. I don't, I'm trying to be better about paying down my student loans. So I put a whole entire paycheck towards it every month. Um, Megan's on demand now. I know. We saw it on there the other night, but it was like $20 to rent. And we were like, oh. Uh, Yeah. We were like, if it was like $5, maybe. But 
twenty dollars. I point. wish it was. I low key wish it was next weekend because that's when the Winnie the Pooh horror movie comes out and we can watch that. Yes, <laughs> I think yeah. that's only coming out in theaters, isn't it? We could do arts and crafts. Yeah, I we love could. arts and crafts. We love arts and crafts. Yeah. Should we get into the description of the skincape? Oh my gosh, we're recording a podcast. Oh my gosh, let's get into it. <laughs> it is a bipedal Bigfoot-like creature that is said to be tall and covered in matted reddish-brown hair. <gasps> a ginger. Ooh. <laughs> it is said to range between five to seven feet tall, thus making it slightly smaller than a common Bigfoot. So he's a short king. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing a five-foot-tall Bigfoot? <laughs> I'd be like, what are you doing, <laughs> That's little guy? shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> The creature got its name from the absolutely foul skunk-like odor that accompanies it. (laughs) You know, know, sometimes skunk odor smells bad. I could see that. I'm not even going to front and say that I disagree. The skunk ape's origin dates way back to the early 1800s, when European settlers were first occupying regions in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Woohoo. So a swamp. In 1818, there was a story printed in a local newspaper in what is now Apalachicola, Florida, that told the story of a man-sized monkey raiding food from stores and stalking fishermen. It's a monkey now? It's a Bigfoot, but they thought it, like, back Since in Since when are Bigfoots like, monkeys? In 1818, <laughs> they didn't know what Bigfoot was. Oh. <laughs> they just saw Bobby walking through the woods. <laughs> In the Seminole and Miccosukee cultures, there were stories of a creature called Eski Kapkaki, which was a smelly and powerful man-like beast. A sighting occurred in 1929 at the Perky Bat Tower in Florida Keys. Eyewitnesses stated that an unidentified ape-like beast shook the tower the bats were in and then ran off into the woods. What an asshole. Kind of weird. Throughout the 40s in Barden, Florida, there were a bunch of sightings of a creature that they dubbed the Barden Booger. In 1942, a man reported another incident in Swanee County dealing with a similar creature. He was driving down it on an isolated road when the beast came running out of the brush, grabbed onto his car, and beat the door for a half mile before finally going back into the woods. I would go, trick you, reverse! <laughs> sightings are the most common from the 50s through the 70s. In the 60s, there were a number of sightings in Central Florida. One incident from 1963 detailed the family having an experience with an ape-like creature around their home, including one night where it was caught peeking into the windows. So, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creeping. Bobby peeps into my windows. Hell yeah, I do. He's seen my ninnies. <laughs> I saw it before it was peeking in your windows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the 1970s, Palm Beach Sheriff's deputies Marvin Lewis and Ernie Milner had an incident in which an ape-like creature followed them through a grove before they shot at it. They followed a trail of its footprints and found a piece of hair caught in a barbed wire fence, but no signs of the creature. From 1971 to 1975, there were various sightings reported in Broward County, Florida, in areas close by of a five to seven foot tall ape-like creature with either dark red or black fur. These eyewitness testimonies were reported in several newspaper articles and from these, the creature was then dubbed the skunk ape. The skunk ape was said to have been responsible for breaking into houses, stalking people, and killing livestock. One deputy allegedly struck the skunk ape with his car, but when he got out, the creature was gone. 
He's fast. Do we think there's more than one? Probably. Like a whole species? Yeah. Huh. There have been reports of sightings from several Everglades tour guides and tourists. In 1997, tour guide David Sheely reported that bait stands had been raided and there were strange footprints around them. He then baited several more stands and witnesses reported a spike in skunk ape sightings after this. Put up a fucking trail camera. Tour guide <laughs> Steve Goodbread and Dow Rowland reported sightings around this time in the same area as well. Also in 1997, there was a photograph taken by OGP Fire Control District Chief Vince Doer that showed a dark, upright figure in the swamp that he believes to be the skunk ape. We have a picture of this little guy. This is on the Smithsonian website, so you know it's real. <clears throat> yeah. That just looks like a piece of the tree. Yeah, that to me, I'm going to post these on our Instagram, obviously, but that does not look like anything. Just looks like a Why is it always fucking blurry? Just wait for the next set of pictures that we have. Because they they're dead? great. They're great. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, that picture doesn't have me convinced. No, I'm not convinced. Two photos were sent to the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office in 2000 by an anonymous source that depict a large, hairy, ape-like creature. The person claimed to be an elderly woman who saw the creature stealing apples from her backyard. I don't think they'd be stealing apples of all things, but whatever. These photos were, I can just see the fucking picture now. <laughs> <laughs> These photos were dubbed the Mayaka Skunk Ape and have been heavily criticized over the years by skeptics. People claim that the images are a hoax and the creatures in them resemble the Bigfoot statue in Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. Now, whoever took it, edited it to be just enough to be different. Okay, so the first, did you click it, Bob? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's oh, the first one. Pull it up bigger. That's what the lady claimed that she captured. And now, if you compare it to, that's the picture in the rip, or the statue in the Ripley's. I mean, it looks similar, <clears throat> but I don't think it's the same exact one, I, or even yeah. like a bad Photoshop job. But the picture to me that she or whoever supposedly took does not like that is. It so, looks like a drawing. It is so crisp and clear. Sightings continue to this day. The skunk ape has a few moments in pop culture. Starting in 2007, the creature was featured in an episode of Monster Quest, in which a team travels to Louisiana and Florida to conduct investigations in the swamps in a search for the skunk ape, and eyewitnesses tell their stories. The results of their investigation are inconclusive, and they claim that science does not support the existence of such a creature. Josh Gates and his team from Destination Truth conducted an investigation in 2009. They headed to Big Cypress National Preserve to investigate claims there. They found lots of other creatures such as panthers, snakes, and alligators, but unfortunately did not find any evidence of the elusive skunk ape. Like with the researchers from Monster Quest, they concluded that science does not support any evidence of this creature and proposed that perhaps people are misidentifying black bears or other similar animals as being something more sinister. I feel like they always jump to it being bears. Yeah. But, like, if they're saying that it has red hair, then why would it be a bear? Like, exactly. maybe a brown bear, I can see. Yeah. The team from Finding Bigfoot did an investigation into the creature in 2011, in which they headed to a family's home who claimed they were being tormented by the skunk ape. During their investigation, they presented with casts of a handprint 
which they decide is inconclusive, and hear strange knocking sounds at night, which is how they believe that Bigfoot-like creatures communicate in a low growl. They also captured footage of something on their thermal video camera, but they could not identify what it was. They conclude that there is definitely something in that area and believe it to be a skunk ape. In 2014, episode of Monsters and Mysteries in America features an episode of the creature. A variety of commercials in the area feature the skunk ape in, in their commercials and is often used as a mascot for businesses. During the height of the pandemic, the foul-smelling odor of the skunk ape was used in Florida media to encourage social distancing protocols. Fun. That's actually pretty cool. That is kind of cool. Okay. For my Boo Crew moment, have you all ever heard of Typhoid Mary? No, I'm mm -hmm. about to. You're about to find out. Mary Mellon was branded a public menace and incarcerated after typhoid outbreaks across New York City were linked to her presence in the kitchen. Was she unfairly demonized? Well, let's find out. North Brother Island is a 16-acre teardrop of land in New York's East River, halfway between the Bronx and that more famous prison isle, Rikers. Today, the island is abandoned, a sanctuary for waterbirds. The red brick buildings of the old Riverside Hospital are gap-toothed, littered with decayed furniture, and suffocating in kudzu. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. The facility was shuttered in the 1960s, but before that it enjoyed a varied career sequestering the smallpox patients, tuberculosis sufferers, teenage drug addicts. For more than a quarter of a century, it also enforced the isolation of a woman, neither patient nor convict, known as Typhoid Mary. Mary Mellon was an Irish immigrant at 37 years old when she first arrived on North Brother Island in 1907, and unlike other hospital inmates, showed no symptoms at all. Her captivity in a one-roomed bungalow there struck her as an unjustified imprisonment. In 1909, she wrote to a reporter, I never had typhoid in my life and have always been healthy. Why should I be banished like a leper and compelled to live in solitary confinement with only a dog for a companion? The plainest answer was that Mary, who was a domestic cook, was considered a public health threat. In the summer of 1906, she had taken a job working for the family of a banker called Charles Henry Warren in Long Island. In August, six members of the Warren household fell ill with typhoid fever, which was a disease that would kill 13,000 people in the U.S. that year. However, it was more commonly associated with slum settlements than ritzy Oyster Bay communities. Not long afterwards, the landlord, fearing for his rental income, hired an investigator to trace the root of the surprise outbreak. The investigator was George Soper, a civil engineer with experience tracking the epidemiological, having a struggle with that word, but he had experience tracking the progress of typhoid. He checked that the household's milk supply was sanitary and tested a theory that the well water was contaminated. He conducted interviews to stitch together a timeline and hit upon his chief suspect. The onset of typhoid, he learned, had shadowed the arrival of a new cook. Moreover, he was told that Mary Mellon had regularly prepared an ice cream dessert topped with fresh peach slices. Uncooked food, Soper knew, would act as an ideal vehicle for salmonella typhi, which was the disease's causative bacterium. Soper dug deeper into Mary's past and uncovered an arresting pattern. In the last 10 years, she has worked for eight families, to my positive knowledge, he would write in 1907. In seven of these, typhoid has followed her. She has always escaped in the epidemics in, with which she has been connected. Soper turned up at the Park Avenue home of Mary's new employer in March 1907 and told her that she was spreading typhoid. He demanded samples of her feces, urine, and blood. Mary, who felt perfectly well and had probably never heard of healthy carriers of infection, which was a new concept for scientists at the time, dismissed his 
declarations as ridiculous and sent him packing, brandishing a fork. Frustrated, Soper brought the investigative notes to the city health authorities. They drafted in the police. When forced testing revealed that Mary did indeed have high levels of typhoid bacilli in her stool, she was sent away to North Brother Island. Not every contemporary considered her imprisonment fair or necessary. In 1909, W.P. Mason of the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute wrote in Science that an estimated 4% of people continued to harbor bacteria in their bodies after recovering from typhoid infection, making them the possible sources of new outbreaks. There are, at the present moment, probably 560 such persons in the state of New York. We cannot keep in detention all these people. Then why single out and imprison one? The following year, a judge agreed. Mary was released on the condition that she no longer worked as a cook. But in 1915, when an outbreak at typhoid at the Sloan Maternity Hospital sickened 25 and killed two, Mary Mallon was found to be employed in the kitchens there. Public opinion turned on typhoid Mary. This human culture tube, one reporter called her, a walking typhoid fever factory, wrote another. She was sent back to North Brother Island and 23 years later died there all alone. The COVID-19 pandemic has made the concept of quarantine abnormally normal today, a fact which blunts its edge. Solitude is less lonely when it's collective, but COVID-19 has also underlined the fact that epidemics tend to sharpen existing social inequalities, as well as resurface to the risk of identifying certain communities with a pathogenic threat. Was it all too easy to make an immigrant working class woman culpable for, even synonymous with a disease? In 1919, George Soper urged his peers to be careful in how they chose their cooks, all of whom he implied smuggled the threat of covert contagion. We ordinarily know very little about them, he wrote. Medical historian Judith Walzer Levitt writes, Mary Mellon was not isolated because she was female, but her womanhood was an important factor contributing to what happened to her. Nor was she locked away because she was a Catholic, Irish-born, single working woman, says Levitt. But to the middle-class professionals she encountered, these social identifiers created a set of expectations and evoked certain prejudices, which together helped lead to their perception of her as a deviant and expendable. By the time of Mary Mellon's death, hundreds of healthy carriers had been identified. At least one man, the owner of a New York bakery, had, like Mary, broken injunctions against working with food, but only Mary was ever imprisoned. Gosh. Sad. It is. Yeah, I thought Wait. it was fascinating. Wait. Wait. It's crazy to think about, though, like now how they mentioned, like with everything with the COVID pandemic. Exactly. Like, how many people are probable carriers for it that they don't know about? That was funny. Final thoughts. Oh, thank you. Final thoughts on the skunk ape. Do you think it exists? Yes or no? So I feel like there's a lot of, like, sightings. Yeah. There's a decent amount. I feel like that, too. And I like that. And he seems like a cool guy, so sure. I mean, if I think Bigfoot exists, why would I be like, no, this motherfucker doesn't exist? Exactly. If Bigfoot exists, this guy could. Absolutely does. Emmy says she doesn't believe it. That's okay, Emmy. We so love you. Next week, we're going to take a crack at Amityville. Woo! Should be interesting. What are your thoughts on today's topic? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you, so please DM us. Don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at boo.busters.podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, tell a friend. Tell them to hop on the Boo Crew train. (laughs) Choo-choo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace out.